Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Is it off to McCaffrey? There he goes! It's a C-back attack! This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast. Here on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available in your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. And welcome back into another edition of the Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Believe in Panthers. I am your host, Desmond Johnson, along with our co-host, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated. Skylar, what's going on, man? You got a little bit of a, well, maybe you don't have a little bit of a break over the next couple of days <laughs> as uh, there's no fourth game in this preseason. What's up, man? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's definitely interesting that the, the, the format's a little bit different uh, than, than years past, but like you said, it's not going to be anything uh there's not going to be a short of news anytime soon we obviously had the trade that go, went down earlier today um and then there's going to be cuts made tomorrow so there's there's a bunch of stuff that's going to happen we're going to get an idea of who the panthers are going to have in that 53-man roster and start to get an idea of what's going to happen this season yeah let's uh matter of fact let's go ahead and just kick that off uh and get your thoughts on that uh panther news here at the top of the podcast again you can find believe in panthers previous episodes future episodes on the believe podcast network make sure you follow them on twitter at believe podcast you can follow skyler's work at sports illustrated he is the beat writer for the carolina panthers at callahan underscore and you can follow me at uh des d-e-z underscore three five zero five uh, you mentioned the trade today, the Panthers trading for Bills defensive end Daryl Johnson. I almost said Johnston uh, Moose from, uh, <laughs> from the Cowboys back in the day. Uh, he's a defensive end. Uh, they traded in exchange for a 2022 six-round pick. He played 31 games the last two years. He's 24. He has two sacks on his career. Uh, but it looks like, Skylar, that this was for special teams, correct? Yeah, this is a special teams move. So this obviously means that one of those guys that was probably going to make the roster as a special team or maybe Julian Stanford, Christian Miller, uh, I would assume that means one of those guys is maybe on the way out, if not maybe both. Um, or maybe this could just be um, another – or maybe it's somebody else that that we just didn't mention um, here today. But, yeah, I think he's going to be a special teamer. And then on, the, on defensively, um, I think he's probably going to line up more at linebacker. Uh, so a lot of people questioning why would you trade a six-round pick for a defensive end when you've got a plethora of them. Don't really think he's going to line up a defensive end. He's probably going to be that Brian Burns kind of hybrid defensive end linebacker, but they're probably going to stand him up more. They need more depth at linebacker, uh, so I would expect him to, to be there. And then again, you're, when you're trading a six-round pick, you never know what those guys are going to end up being. I mean, you have a good idea what those first you know three rounds are going to be and what, what production you get out of them, but – once you get to day three, it's all big question mark. It's it's really like, and I, I think I saw Josh Klein uh, from uh, the Riot Report said something really. It's it's almost like throwing a dart at a board. So it's mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get out of those. So I don't really think the Panthers gave up too much um, to get him here. And you need to go back. Hey, he's a North Carolina A and T graduate. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I just saw that. Yeah, seventh round yeah, pick in Miac defense. Yeah, and uh, Miak Defensive Player of the Year in 2018 at 10 and a half sacks, 18 and a half tackles for loss. He's a FCS first team All American. So this guy's not a scrub by any means. He's he's going to find a way to contribute. So that so uh, you know a guy kind of coming back home, uh, former Miak Defensive Player of the Year uh, for the North Carolina A&T Aggies. 
uh, Daryl Johnson, not Johnston, Johnson, uh, being uh, acquired by the Panthers. I, I really like what Scott Fitterer is doing in terms of not resting on his on his laurel, so to speak. Like it feels like they're really tinkering with this roster. Uh, some more news that came out that um, me and you have kind of been a little bit concerned about over the past couple of weeks, and that was the fate of Joey Sly. Uh, the Panthers decided to uh, make that decision. Uh, after the preseason game on Friday night versus the Steelers, which we'll get to in just a second, they made the move that kind of everybody expected after the outing Friday night. Slot missed another field goal, um, and they had already traded for Ryan Santo- Santoso. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Uh, from the New York Giants. Uh, so they released Sly on Saturday. Uh, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, the roster is at like 80 plus players, 82 players as we stand here doing this uh, episode on a Monday. They got to get it down to 53. Uh, Tuesday, so they've uh, they got a little ways to go here, um, to get that down. But this wasn't a uh, a move that we were surprised by, right? Uh, actually, we were kind of calling for it a couple yeah, weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, this was kind of a, a move that was kind of foreshadowed. I mean, everyone saw it coming, and I think really the only thing Joey Sly could have done, um, I guess maybe was to, to make that 49 yard field goal that may have gave him a little extra chance, but. Mm. I still don't think so. I mean, that or if Santoso came in and just absolutely just crapped the bed. I mean, yeah. that, that would have been really the only other situation. But, yeah. you know, when it, again, like Matt Rule said in the post game, you know, if you struggle at any other position, it's it's kind of overlooked, you know, whatever. But when you're in a position like a kicker or punter, long snapper, something like that, it's magnified. And, it, and it, it it's it's just, you know, it, it's tough on those guys. Uh, but I think they made the right decision, even though Joey Slow's got a very powerful leg. He just doesn't know where it's going sometimes. So yeah. you've got to have uh, some confidence in your kicking in your kicking game going into the season. Kind of reminds you of an unmanned fire hose, like at full blast. Like it, 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 <laughs> it's, it's, it's powerful. It's strong. He can get it 60 yards. You just don't know if it's going to be dead center or way to the left or way to the right or, or whatever it may be. Um, we we talked about it. I mean, and there were doubts last year. There were some yeah. moments last year when he was missing some stuff, particularly the second half of the year, where people began to question why we uh, gave up Graham Gano uh, in exchange for him. And ironically, uh, Santoso from the Giants, he, he was traded from the Giants because he wasn't going to be able to beat out Graham Gano, who came from here. Um, and Santoso wore number nine, which was Graham Cano's number. So, <laughs> so it's I'm like full circle. It comes back around again. Uh, the Panthers also waived uh, a kicker. They brought in last week, Dominic Elberly. So it looks like they're going with Santoso uh, for the long, long haul here. Um, let's um, before we get into our takeaways from the preseason, uh, the, the Panthers of course won't take the field again until September the 12th uh, due to there not being a fourth preseason game and there being 17 games in the regular season. Uh, first, let's take a word from our sponsor at Bet Online. Uh, if you're into bet on, or if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports experts. Take takeaways from. Uh, not just game three, but I, I, f- I figured the entire preseason would be better suited for this. And uh, Skylar, I'll let you kick off with a takeaway uh, that you've had in your head the past couple of weeks that you've been uh, following this team and writing about them daily. What's one of the main takeaways that you've taken away from this preseason so far? 
Well, I mean, results, when you look at the results, I mean, obviously they're, it's not going to show, but I think that the depth is incredibly improved from a year ago on both sides of the ball. I mean, we saw some some highlights from the uh, the second team offense, the second team defense. Uh, but I think just really when you look at the two deep, it's much stronger than it was a year ago. And even at some spots, there are three, four guys deep. So depth is a, is a, is a, is an area where a lot of young teams tend to struggle. It's why they end up losing a lot of games late in the year. It's why Carolina lost so many one-score games. Because, yeah, you can play good for three quarters, but once you get to the fourth quarter and those legs tire out on you, that's a, that's a factor of not having depth. I think that's not going to be as much of an issue this year because they're going to be able to rotate guys in. Like a defensive tackle, for uh, for example, Derek Brown had to play so much last year. And he's, he's going to play a lot this year, but now he's got guys like Daquan Jones, Bravion Roy, Davion Nixon, They've they just got abundance of guys that they can rotate in and out of the game to keep those guys and their legs fresh. So that they're they're like that at a couple other spots like corner, uh, receiver, um, say they, they've got a few guys at safety that they like. So I, I really like the depth of this team, and I would say also just the the overall performance of the defense um, in the very 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 limited reps that we've seen out of the number ones. They look really really good, and I think that's kind of. Uh, they've been as as good as advertised because we've talked about this before. We think they're a fringe top 10 defense in the league. Yeah, uh, actually, I was going to be one of my takeaways. I'll save it uh, for the end regarding the defense. Um, uh, my main takeaway after seeing uh, highlights from week three, uh, uh, the pan- I know they were playing the Steelers second string, but let's just be honest. A lot of the guys on the Steelers second string would probably start <laughs> like <across laughs> the league, uh, on that defense. That's a that's a legit top 10 defense and they're going to be even better with guys they've got coming back. So. I'm not. A, I'm not worried about it. Oh, it's the Steelers' second string and third string guy. I, I don't care about that. That's no. Fine. They're professionals um, too. Yeah, exactly. They get a check for doing the same thing. Um, <laughs> I, I actually came away from Game Three feeling a lot better about Sam Darnold. Um, I, he he was very accurate. Um, he he felt it felt like he he knew the offense better than I expected him to at this point. And I was trying to think of like who he kind of reminds me of in a Panther uniform because you have to go back literally 15, 16 years to get away from like a quarterback that's not a traditional or, or to, excuse me, to get away from a quarterback that is a scrambling type of quarterback, whether it was Jake DeLome or whether it was Cam Newton, he kind of reminds me of Steve Berline a little bit in terms of how he stays in the pocket and and mm-hmm. throws. And people don't realize this, but if I'm not mistaken, Steve Berline's the only uh, Panthers quarterback in history to throw for 4,000 yards in a season. I might be wrong on that still. Um, I'll check that stat while uh, while you're giving another takeaway. But I know he I think he had the record for the most yardage in a season for a Panther uh, quarterback. And he was on believe in Panthers uh, around about this time last year. Uh, he Donald's not going to he's not going to run the ball. He's not going to, uh, you know, take off on design run plays or anything like that. He's a pure pocket type passer. But I could start to see why he was drafted as high as he was. And I think people forget how old he is. He's only like 24, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, this is a make or break type year for for Darnold for his career because if he comes out and plays exceptionally well with a lot of weapons, like he's got a lot of weapons around him. The, the line's a little suspect, but in terms of skill positions, there's not a lot of teams in the NFL that are better than what Carolina has. Uh, I mean, you've got basically the number one ranked running back. You've got two thousand yard receivers coming back. 
uh, you, you, you did great in the draft with, with uh, wide receiver talent and tight end talent with Tommy Trimble. He's been showing out this preseason. Uh, Terrence Marshall, at wide receiver, Shai Smith. Like they've got the goods. So it, it's not going to be, oh, we don't have enough weapons. That's never going to be an excuse this year unless an injury bug or something happens. Right. It's really going to fall on Sam Darnold. And I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. I, I really think Darnold's going to win some games for us this year. Yeah, I think he will. I mean, again, like you said, being 24 years old, and he's already got three years of experience. How many guys can you say that about that in the NFL? Right. And especially at the, the, the most key position, if he comes out and does, I guess, better than what people expect, which I, I guess people think he's going to be average and stuff like that. But I think, you know, when you look at the entire NFL and you look at some of the most young, exciting teams that could potentially build something into you know an every year Super Bowl contender and every year conference championship contender, honestly, got to be at the top because they have playmakers on both sides of the ball at every key position. They've got a, a very strong right tackle, Taylor Moten. You talked about Christian McCaffrey, the receivers that on defense side, you got Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, JC mm-hmm. Horn. I mean, the list goes on and on. And if Sam Darnold can become a legitimate starting quarterback. Again, he's only 24. Right. If if you give him four or five more years of the and, and keep that continuity going, this is going to be a really dangerous team when Darnold's not even in his late twenties. So mm-hmm. this is this is an exciting time, I think, for, for Carolina Panthers fans because they actually do have a very bright future. It will not look like it in 2021, but you're going to see glimpses as to what this team can eventually merge into. And, and that was kind of my second take as well. Sam Darnold looked really, really sharp. Now, he made a couple of questionable throws, but he also made some really good decisions. He he, he, did, he uh, moved in the pocket really well. There was one time uh, where the, the pocket was kind of collapsing. He, he kind of had to back back up a little bit, and he threw a sidearm pass. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I believe it was maybe one of the tight ends got an eight-yard pickup for a first down. So, he, he's able to change his arm motion, his arm slot, and I think that's that's just as big as anything because even though the pocket collapses and stuff, and you're not able to get out of the uh, out of the you know out of the main area of where the pressure is coming, you've got to be able to adjust your arm slot and and maybe change the angle of some of your throws to complete some of those passes. So uh, I just think he does a really good job. And again, when you look at what he did in New York, the Jets were really focused on trying to make him a dual threat, make him run the football. Just I don't, don't think that's yeah. yeah. I, I just don't think that's his game. <laughs> he, he's athletic enough; he can run the ball, sure, but he doesn't strike me as a guy that you want to run the ball, you know, eight to ten times a game with design plays, like you said. Yeah, I don't want him running at all, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, unless he's ha- unless he has to. And it, he now, I will say, the Steelers they look like they were putting some pressure on him a lot in the first half of that preseason game. Which I would expect it is the Steelers. So their schemes are still going to be fairly similar. It's just, you know, it's just not TJ Watt and those guys out there. So he didn't run a lot, but he made good decisions while he was under pressure, which is what I was looking for. Uh, I did go look that stat up. Uh, there have actually been two Panthers that have thrown for over 4,000 yards. Uh, Steve Berline is the leader. He threw for 4,436 yards in 1999. Um, and I think that was the leader in the NFC, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been the whole league uh, that year in 99. And then Cam Newton in 2011 through for 4,051 yards. Um, both of them, curiously, were only at 60% completion rate, though. Uh, wow. Both those years, yeah. So I thought Berline was a little bit more uh, accurate than that in that season, but they were peppering it all over the field that year. So if I'm not mistaken, in 99, we like pretty much didn't have a running back. Um, 
So Bianca Patuka still there? It might have been no. By then it was probably like no, it might have been Bianca Patuka still or someone. Someone was back there. They weren't getting the ball, and <laughs> Berlin was throwing it all over the place. He played all sixteen games. Uh, the Panthers were eight and eight. I remember they were kind of in the playoff chase till the end. Um, back in the days they were still in the NFC West. Um, so uh, there haven't been a lot of four thousand yard passers. Only two in the whole history of the Carolina Panthers. I think Darnold could actually get there with the weapons he has. So. Uh, I'll be looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Um, another takeaway, too, I'm starting to still have, I wouldn't say they're doubts, but I'm not completely sold yet on co- head coach Matt Rule. And I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because we haven't been able to have regular interaction with coaches or maybe because of the weird year we had last year. Uh, a couple of plays still kind of stick out in my head, but then I have to kind of talk myself back into, well, you know, this is his first year coaching in the NFL. They didn't have this. They didn't have training camp. They didn't have all these things. Uh, the practices were weird. So I kind of am giving them a pass for last year, even though they, in my opinion, they exceeded what he probably should have in the win-loss total uh, with all that uh, as a circumstance. I'm kind of looking for them to take a bigger step this year because of everything we just said. The offense is loaded, and you've got one of the most talented offensive coordinators in the entire league and Joe Brady running this offense. Um, I really like the defense. I like what they're doing and I like what they're going to be. They look like they're going to be really young and uh, it looks like they're going to cause a lot of turnovers, Um, a lot of interceptions, a lot of uh, confusion for opposing quarterbacks. It's going to be fun. I I know no one's picking the Panthers to win the NFC South. Maybe you will in bold predictions. I I don't know, but, uh, (laughs) but I, I would not be shocked if the Panthers are still sniffing around the NFC South division in December. Like it just wouldn't surprise me. There's just too much talent on this team. That's kind of being overlooked by the national media, which is nothing new for Panthers or Panther fans, but it's almost like people have forgotten that Christian McCaffrey's on this team. Like they're just not giving the Panthers any kind of uh, respect whatsoever. So for with the, with that, we're going to let's do this. Let's uh, go into our bold predictions for the 2021 season and Skylar, let's open this up. It doesn't have to be just be Panthers. We can, let's open this up to the, the entire NFL. Let's do some bold predictions on, on everything uh, that may or may not happen um, during this 2021 season. But first, before we do that, let's get a word from our, our folks over at balance seven. Um, so I was reading a press release about Lamar Odom uh, returning to professional basketball in Spain soon uh, about how he had started taking a pH balance alkaline supplement called balance seven And that's what's helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. Uh, He even said he has an enormous amount of energy, which is good for him. It's important when working out. He always needs energy to level up. I couldn't agree more with Lamar after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match. I think it's safe to say Balance 7 is working for him. Cool thing is we got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now. If you go to their website, balance7.com and use Believe at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Head over to balance7.com, use the code BELIEVE at checkout to get on the promotion. If it worked for Lamar Odom, it can work for you too. Uh, Let's do some uh, NFL predictions, prediction time for the 2021 NFL season. Of course, we'll uh, touch on our our boys over in Charlotte, the Carolina Panthers, but I wanted to expand it out to the entire NFL here. And uh, Skylar, I'll let you go first. Uh, Give me a bold prediction for 2021. So I guess outside of the division, outside of Carolina, I'm going to go 
with the Cleveland Browns will not only win the AFC North, but make it to the AFC championship game. I really, really like the talent that they have. Uh, they kind of showed that last year as they're, they're kind of their coming out party with, with Kevin Stefanski really kind of gotten the ship there. They've got a really good running back with Chubb. They've got the playmakers at, on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is coming around. So, I think Cleveland is a team that everyone's excited about. They're just not, you know, they're not bought in on all the hype around them yet because they're still Pittsburgh. They're still Baltimore in that division. But I think Pittsburgh's going to take a step back this year. Ben Roethlisberger is not getting any younger. And I think Cleveland and Baker Mayfield, I think Baker's kind of continuing to improve every single year since he's been in the league. And I think when you have, again, a running back like Chubb, it, it's just going to make your life a lot easier. So I'm going to go Cleveland to the AFC Championship game. Mm. Don't know that they're going to get to the Super Bowl, but uh, that's my one bold prediction outside of the uh, the Panthers division. I'll, I'll ride with that because I, I I have in laws in Cleveland, so like that is a football town. I know they got the Indians. I know the Cavs won a title in 2016 and quote unquote broke the curse. They really didn't. It's a football city until the football team makes a Super Bowl. Uh, it's they're they're going to be considering that curse still. And um, my my bold prediction kind of goes along with you. My prediction is that neither Tampa Bay nor Kansas City makes it to the Super Bowl this year. Um, ah. I, I keep I can't figure this out why people every it feels like we do this every year. Every year there's a Super Bowl winner, everybody falls in love with them. They're like, oh, this is the team of the future to be there. Yeah, and then they don't make it back. Like they they can't get back there. Uh, Kansas City, I've always said in, in the NFL, you've got about a four year window. Once you've made the Super Bowl, you've got about a four year window to to keep that core together. And to be, and this is Kansas City's year four, because uh, I count that first year being the year where Brady beat them while he was still in New England on that offsides call, gave him a shot. That was year one of contention for me for them because they, in all in all theories, they, they should have went to the Super Bowl uh, that year. Then they go the following year and win it against San Francisco. They go back again last year and lose to Tampa. If they can make it back again, three Super Bowls in a row, I will be very impressed. But you're hard pressed to find any team. Uh, that's gone to the Super Bowl three team uh, three years straight. There's a few out there. Uh, of course, no one's won a Super Bowl three years straight. But uh, I feel like the AFC is going to start catching up to Kansas City. Cleveland gave them a game in the playoffs last year uh, that was back and forth. I-, I know Kansas City reloaded. They got you know they fixed their offensive line. They're fast all over the place. They still have Pat Mahomes, uh, although he's 450 million dollars heavier, but. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to make it back this year. As for Tampa, people forget Tampa was seven and five at one point last yeah. year, and the defense really carried them through the playoffs and and really through the Super Bowl. If, if Kansas City shows up at that Super Bowl with a, a, just a decent offensive line that wasn't banged up, I kind of feel like the result would be a little bit different. So I'm not completely sold on Tampa either. And the quarterback is 44 years old. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, he's my age. Like, he, there's no way this can keep going on forever and ever. Like, I just refuse to believe that Tom Brady has figured out a way to cheat old age. Like, it, it just it boggles my mind. So that's my first one. Neither Tampa or uh, Kansas City will make it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes with that four-year window that you were talking about. And it also kind of goes along with what I said about Carolina earlier. If you look at the NFC South and you're projecting out the next two to three, four years, Tampa Bay's window is closing very, very soon. Yep. It, the, it, whether it be next year or the year after, 
Tom Brady is going to retire at some point. He's not going to be playing at age 55. I mean, well, he might be. He might be. But, but I don't think they're going to be uh, Super Bowl contenders when he's at age 55. But anyways, Tampa Bay's window is closing. Atlanta, I'm not really sold on Arthur Smith yet. I, I don't. I mean, obviously he hasn't been in an actual game yet, but I don't know if I like that hire for Atlanta, and I don't know what the, they, that they're going to have the pieces and the answers to go forward because, again, Matt Ryan, he's getting older. And in New Orleans, they don't even know if Jameis Winston is going to be their answer at quarterback. Mm. And I don't believe Taysom Hill is. So, no way. Yeah. So, again, you're going to have to – and they're and they're a team that's constantly flirting with going over the salary cap. So, they're going to have a lot of guys that are going to probably be departing soon. Carolina is that one team, though, that sticks out in the NFC South that, you know, in the next couple of years, they're going to make that jump. And that's when we expect them to make that jump, too. So, it, it kind of almost like the stars align perfectly for them but um i guess i would have one maybe one more other i i guess sort of bold take um i don't consider it too much of a bold take because i think everyone expects it but i think mac jones is going to be the starting quarterback for the patriots oh yeah i think you know bill belichick saw what cam newton did last year again he did have a lot of stuff go on with covid he had some injuries but I think he feels a little bit more comfortable running the offense with Mac Jones. And let's face it, Cam Newton is not the same Cam Newton as he was two, three, four years ago. And I think Mac Jones has a little bit more of a live arm at this point in his career. And I think he offers them a little bit more flexibility in their play calling too. So I hate to say it, but I don't think Cam Newton is going to be the starting quarterback um, in week one, and, he, and if not week one, I definitely don't think he will be when the when the Patriots come to visit in Carolina. Ooh, that's spicy. I didn't know you meant like at the beginning of the year. I thought you yeah. meant like somewhere during the season. Yeah, that's a good take. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I saw some of the, uh, the, the Patriots highlights. If you squint your eyes and while you're looking at the screen, Matt Jones yeah. kind of looks like Tom Brady. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it until like I saw like the fourth play of him moving around. I'm like, Oh, he really looks like a young Tom Brady in this offense. <laughs> like really, really, really. Like if you squint your eyes, you would swear you're looking at, you know, 2003 Tom Brady. So like I can see it. Um, I feel bad for Cam Newton. Like I do too. I, I think he I think if, if they give him a chance with the roster that they have now, because they, they made a ton of additions this offseason, mm-hmm. I think they could easily make the playoffs. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do too. Now I mentioned something uh on franchise players, my show on Tobacco Road Sports Radio a couple of weeks back and got laughed off my own panel. And then another team started doing it, which I kind of thought would do it too. I said that the Patriots might roll out a two quarterback system, like yeah, it's do possible. something where they, where they alternate back and forth. People are like, Oh, that's crazy. That doesn't work in the NFL. Who's going to do that? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you serious? This is the Patriots. Like they literally do what you don't expect them to do in order to win. They will literally do anything to win. And if you've got the greatest rushing quarterback of all time, and you've got a young guy out of the Alabama Nick Saban system, who's which is basically a branch off of the Patriots. Like he probably came in knowing what they were doing already. <laughs> it's like, why wouldn't you try it? And then San Francisco goes out and yes. does it to perfection this past weekend uh, with uh, Jimmy G and Trey Lance. I mean, it's literally almost the exact same type of situation. Why can't New England run a two quarterback system? It'd be the talk of the league. Like you just literally alternate them out and the way San Francisco was doing it, it was almost like they were, were they doing it like every play or like every couple of plays they would switch them out? Cause it, felt like it was like every play. Yeah. And, and I think it kind of goes to that thinking of what I was saying about when, when Cam comes to visit in Carolina, 
I, I think, again, at least if it's not week one, it'll definitely happen at some point this season. But they're going to realize that they need Cam Newton on the field in some way, form, or fashion. They're going to have him on the field with the ball in his hands. Yeah. But they're not always going to let him just run the football because right. it's going to be too predictable. Cam Newton can still air the ball out. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a fun game. I think that weekend when New England comes to Charlotte and, and all the talks around Cam Newton's return, I will be so interested to see how Bill Belichick uses him that week specifically because it's against the Panthers. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how that quarterback situation kind of develops throughout the year. Like I'm literally, if I'm Josh McDaniels and I've had a whole year to think about this and then Mac Jones falls in your lap, I'm literally drawing up plays where Cam Newton's lining up at like tight end. Yes. (laughs) And then dropping back into the backfield, catching like, options like passes wildcat like all kinds of nonsense like think like formations that people have never seen before uh i I remember something i was watching the um the belichick saban hbo special uh that's on hbo max right now that's been it's been out for like a year or so but it's like a conversation between the two of them they're just talking football and you know it goes through their histories and everything but there's a part of it towards the end where uh i think it was either either uh, Saban saw this in a Patriots game or, or Belichick saw it in an Alabama game. I think it was Belichick saw it in an Alabama game where Alabama came out in a certain formation where they had like, like non linemen out there. It was like a weird, like, like formation where you had like a lineman out at wide receiver and like uh, something weird was going on and the defense didn't know what to do. Like they didn't know who to guard because like number 75 is, is split wide and wide out. <laughs> and like, you've got like a tight end, like where the guard's supposed to be or something crazy. And when the ball is snapped to prevent penalty, the the offensive lineman takes a step back. As soon, so like, he's not eligible. Like he was never eligible. So he takes a step back. The what the tight end goes running down a seam up the middle of the field unguarded because no, everyone's lined up on him as a lineman. And he catches it for like a 30 yard gain. The Patriots saw that play that Alabama did and did the exact same thing like two or three weeks later because they picked it up and watching film. You could do that kind of stuff with Cam Newton and Mac Jones all day, <laughs> like literally exactly. all day long and just and just make people mad at you. And that's kind of the Patriot way. So I'm fully expecting a set with Mac Jones and Cam Newton out there at the same time. And it's not going to be so funny when they're scoring 40 points a game with this unorthodox, crazy, weird college type of high school <laughs> offense that they might run out there. Um, the other the other prediction that I had, I'm going to go out on a limb here because I've been thinking about this all preseason. I'm going to pick the Panthers to win the NFC South. Whoa. I'm just going to go for it. I'm, uh, you know, I, I mean, hey, that's bold, right? <laughs> I mean, that's it's the bold. Definition of bold. I mean, everything you just said about the South, uh, Tampa, Super Bowl hangover, 44-year-old quarterback, uh, they were seven and five. Can they keep now that they now that Tampa's had a taste of what it's like to be Tom Brady? Can they really be Tom Brady and do it again and do it again? Like that's right. that's the thing that separates these other teams from teams that Tom Brady's been quarterback of. Can Tom Brady get this team to believe again and be as hungry now that they've actually won the Super Bowl? And I don't think he can um, because it's Tampa Bay. Same thing. What you said in New Orleans. Uh, Jameis Winston, I, I mean, he's a decent, good quarterback. And with Sean Payton, he's probably going to be better than he was in Tampa. But that team's window, to me, is closing also. And then you got Atlanta, like you mentioned. Matt Ryan's older. Uh, they do have some wide receiving threats. Their defense is a little suspect. Don't know much about Arthur Smith. And that leaves Carolina. And not only is Carolina, I think, more talented in terms of like overall talent and the overall age of the team, it just feels like there's more excitement around the future of the Panthers. 
So if they can actually squeeze out a 10 win season, 10 and seven might win this, uh, this division. So they don't have to go 13, 14 wins to win it. Um, but now, you know, 10, maybe 11, go like 11 and six. That's probably going to win the South. And I think they can do that uh, with this defense because one of the other predictions I had is that this defense is going to be a top 10 defense. Like I feel very, very strongly this defense is going to be the surprise of the league. Like they're going to really get after guys. And it's almost like last season was like a test to kind of see what would work and what wouldn't. And by the time they got to the end of the year, uh, they had started, uh, Phil Snow had started figuring out some things. And now he's got the horses to do it. Like he's got young horses. He can rotate guys in, keep people fresh, all three levels. He's got a, he's got a shutdown corner, which changes the entire defense. And I think JC Horn's going to be a shutdown corner. Dante Jackson ain't bad either at cornerback when healthy. It all lines up. Like I, when I say it out loud, it sounds crazy. But then when you look at their roster and what they got and the momentum, it wouldn't surprise me if the Panthers win the division at the end of the year. So that, that's my biggest prediction. The Panthers are going to win the NFC South. And I know people are going to call me a homer. <laughs> they do every year. <laughs> but I genuinely feel like they've got a good shot to do this. Yeah, I mean, I think the narrative with this Panthers team is, you know, it's all about all oh, the offense is going to be so good. It's going to be so good. The question is the defense. To me, I think it's kind of almost flipped. You know, I think the offense certainly has the playmakers. And Terrace Marshall certainly looks the part, but can Terrace Marshall translate that to the regular season and fill in that that production that Curtis Samuel left behind? Is he going to be that type of a player in year one? Is the offensive line going to be that good? How is McCaffrey going to hold up over a 17-game stretch? Is Darnold going to be good? I think, to me, the potential is through the roof for the offense. I yeah. think the, it's more the questions that have to be answered or the defense, I don't think is getting nearly enough respect because you're talking about one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, and Brian Burns. You're talking about one of the most uh, one of the most talented interior defensive linemen, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, Shaq Thompson on that defense. That's a lot of talent. There's a ton of a talent. Lot of young talent. That's all talent <laughs> yes. under like the age of 26. I mean, exactly. It's and, and you add, you know, guys like Morgan Fox and Hassan Reddick to the mix and AJ Boye. I mean, the, this is no. You know, just you no know, scrub of a defense. This is a legitimate NFL defense that, again, we've talked about possibly top 10 in the league. I think there's more questions offensively than there is defensively. So, um, but I guess my bold prediction, and I'm going to stick with the defensive theme here Brian Burns will lead the NFL in sacks. Wow. Ooh, yeah. That would be, that would be fantastic. And, and I know there's a lot of sacks to, to be had out there, especially when yeah. Son Reddick's going to get his own. You know, uh, Yitor Grossmata, so I'm sure will get his his fair share. Derek Brown may get a few. But I really do think the idea behind bringing Hassan Reddick in wasn't that you're going to hope to get 25 sacks between the two, but I think it's to create more attention to the other side of the defense or to the other side of the defense so that way Brian Burns can make more plays. And he's just getting better and better. He's adding more to his repertoire. He's got more to his arsenal. And I, I just think I really do believe he has a chance. Again, this is a bold prediction that he could lead the NFL in sacks, maybe around 15, 15 and a half sacks. Yeah, I was gonna say probably about 15, 16 will do it for him. And he'll have ample opportunity. Um, yeah. My, my, my last one, it kind of goes along with the one I just had that the Panthers are win the NFC South. Every year, there is a team that emerges in the NFL that no one was talking about in the preseason, no one was talking about week four, week five. But it feels like every single year a team pops up that has a year that's better than everyone expected and they go on a little run. I feel like it's Carolina. It's going to be Car- not only will they win the NFC South, 
but they're going to surprise a lot of people. Like, I think they're going to become that, that that's not the same as 2015 where America kind of found them around week 13, 14, 15 started dabbing everywhere and all that stuff. But I do think that they'll earn respect in the first month of the season and they need to, because the back half of their schedule is horrific, but the, the first part of it, they really can, if they get out early and stack some wins early, I can see the narrative starting to change a little bit and the national media starting to focus on the Panthers. Uh, I will say this about the defense. You were talking about them. The one thing I have noticed in preseason, they got a little bit of swagger to them. Like they, they got a little bit of like something going on with them that I haven't seen since 2015 when Josh Norman was ro- roaming around uh, Thieves Ave or whatnot. Like I missed that swagger that that entire defense had and it, it, it radiated from Josh Norman. And when he left, that defense lost that as well. I'm hoping that uh, guys like J.C. Horn, who from all accounts seems to be like the talker of uh, of this group, that that same kind of magic can happen again. So that's mine uh, there. So um, with that, I think we're going to get out of here. We should be back next week, even though the Panthers aren't going to be playing next week. Uh, We should be back. We'll probably have a guest or something on. And then, of course, the following week, uh, the Panthers take on the uh who are they opening up with against Skyler? Is it the Jets? It's oh, the Jets. Sorry, I was muted there. The Jets, yes. Yeah. So they so they will play Sam Darnold's uh the NFL's got a funny sense of humor. Um <laughs> the Panthers will open up with the New York Jets, Sam Darnold's former team on September the twelfth. Uh so for Skylar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh make sure you follow Believe on Twitter at Believe Podcast. And make sure you follow Skylar and his work at Sports Illustrated at Callahan underscore. Follow me at DEZ underscore 3505. And keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 